Okay. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is um, Clement Silmer, and I'm a ship finance partner at Watson, Farley & Williams, and I'm based in Hamburg. Um, uh, yeah, I would like to welcome you to this uh, panel, and I'm very happy to, to moderate it. Um, Hamburg has been um, a capital for ship finance for many, many years, but during the last shipping crisis, we have seen more and more traditional ship finance lenders pulling out of shipping or decreasing their loan portfolios. So the question is now whether Hamburg is becoming the new European hub for alternative finance for global shipping. And will Hamburg raise like a phoenix from the ashes and become a new hub with the help of alternative lenders? Um, one of our panelists is a bit late, namely uh, Cruz Chi from Bocom Shipping Leasing. But I would like to he's, introduce you. He's here, right? He's right here. Okay, he's here. Okay, great. Uh, okay. So I would like to welcome our panelists. And we have three groups. First, we have alternative debt providers. Secondly, we have a representative um, from a Chinese leasing house. And we have some intermediaries or financial arrangers. First, I would like to introduce you to Elias Sakelis, CEO from Australis Maritime Limited, an alternative debt provider. Secondly, uh, I would welcome Martin Hugan, Managing Director at Meerbaum Capital Solutions and also an alternative debt provider. And then we have Cruz Chi, Executive Director from Bocom Shipping Leasing, Europe GmbH, a Chinese leasing house. And as a third group, we do have uh, Mr. Axel Siegmann, Managing Director at Bremer Navis, an intermediary or financial arranger. Uh, we have Oliver Fark, Partner and Head of Europe um, at Transport Capital, also a financial arranger or intermediary. And we have Maximilian Otto, yeah, a co-founder and managing director at Oceanis, and they are providing a platform solution. So um, let's start with the, the uh, issue, what products are you offering? Um, could you please very briefly describe your product offerings and, and please describe maybe a typical transaction and the usual commercial terms and also what differentiates you from your competitors and also on what tonnage you are focusing. Elias, would you like to start? Sure, thank you, Clemens. And uh, thank you, Nicole, as well for organizing this event. Um, look, we are a direct lender and um, uh, effectively we are providing um, unit tranche uh, bilateral financing to ship owners. This can be in the form of loans or in the form of leases. We are very, very flexible in that respect. And we are truly asset agnostic in terms of segment. We can do most um, sub-segments of merchant shipping and we can also do offshore. And from, um, uh, from a size perspective, um, uh, our typical uh, transaction size is uh, somewhere between uh, 30 to $50 million, but we've done uh, smaller deals, and we've also underwritten much, much larger deals, as some of you on the on the panel know as well, over over a hundred million. Um, 
one of the key di differentiating factors, uh, and probably that, that goes for all the alternative lenders, is the flexibility one, and the second one is the speed of execution. At the moment, what we are able to do is go from uh, term sheet to funding in under uh, three weeks, um, which uh, very, very often is quite, uh, quite useful for the uh, ship owning community. <clears throat> okay, very impressive. Thank you very much. Um, Martin, would you like to go on? Um, yes, let me do so. Um, our proposal is not that much different uh, from Australis, uh, but maybe a bit more focused. Uh, so we have uh, usually small and mid-sized privately owned shipping companies as clients. All transactions will be leasing style, uh, no lending. And uh, we are generally out there bilateral, so no uh, junior senior structures. And uh, we have a focus on mid-sized vessels um, and mid-aged vessels. So uh, typical vessels are in between 7 and 14 years of age when they come to us. Um, in the segments of uh, product tankers, bulkers, um, containers. So vessels that have a liquid S&P market, we stay away from stuff that we don't understand like offshore. Um, usual tenor is around five years and the client has purchase options and a purchase obligation at the end. So it's different from Japanese leasing, for example. And um, the typical leverage that we provide is somewhere in the 60s, can be higher, can be lower, depending on uh, the, the merits of the specific project. When it comes to um, competitive edge, um, we think it's very important that you're reliable. So when you put an indicative offer on the table, that this can be converted into a binding offer of the fund providers, and um, that this can be done speedily, so if need be, um, uh, I think we are about same speed, maybe faster, maybe slower, depending on project. As Elias just set out, our record is uh, 13 days, um, but uh, typically you don't need to be that fast. And by 13 days, I mean approach um, of the person who needed money to money on the table in closing. Okay. And last thing to add, I think compared to uh, more traditional fund providers, all alternative lenders are uh, more willing to uh, think outside the box and look at the commercial merits of a request of a client and see whether it's feasible or not. And uh, not just focus on ticking boxes because there's a 200 page handbook that needs to be met. Okay, thank you very much, Martin. Um, Cruz and you, what, what are you offering? Uh, thank you, Dr. Clemens Hillman. Uh, for Bocom leasing, uh, we pro usually product, uh, provide two kinds of products. One is financial leasing. Uh, it is a little like the traditional bank loans. And another one is the operating leasing. The difference between them is for operating leasing, we usually uh, have a purchase option at the end of the charter and for financial leasing uh, it is usually a purchase obligation and uh, uh, the, the difference between us and our competitors is uh, we usually will provide our long tenors usually more than 10 years sometimes it's uh, more than 15 years and uh, the typical amount of uh, deal is usually 
um, higher than uh, 50 million US dollars. Uh, and uh, for, um, for us, uh, efficiency is very important. Uh, so usually uh, we will finalize a deal uh, within uh, maybe 40 days. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. Um, Axel, would you like to continue? Yeah, pleasure. I mean, you said we're a financial advisory company. We started in 2009. Our services uh, range from advising owners to finance new buildings, uh, to finance secondhand acquisitions, but as well very often to refinance um, existing loans, especially also in you know, stressful situations where some sort of additional capital is required. Um, we therefore basically help people to raise both debt and equity, leasing capital. Um, actually, for us, it's very essential to first of all sit together with the owner and discuss intensively what are the goals, you know, what are primary goals, what are secondary goals. And then to also think how basically the owner can position himself, how can he structure his business as to tap into the most efficient source of capital that is there's now quite a right range of capital today. We just have basically alternative capital providers on the panel, but you know, there's further sources and it's all about risk adjusted pricing and, and making basically the offer fit um, uh, to, to what the market actually offers. And I think that's, that's very, very good at. So we, we basically track the markets with our offices around the globe, seeing what sources of capital are available. Some come, some go. Yeah, and, and basically we bring the two ends then ultimately together. Very good. Thank you very much. Um, Oliver? Sorry, apologies. Um, so, uh, Clemens, yes, thank you. And uh, Niklas, thank you um, for, for having us and for having me here. Um, Clemens, you rightly um, allocated us to the group of the intermediaries. And um, as, as Axel um, already um, like, uh, explained, and in our type of business, these intermediary service regularly never come without any advisory required um, on how to structure the request um, on, on, on how uh, to, to place the request for proposal. And um, this has lots of uh, lots, lots to do with the, uh, with the, with the well, say, recent history of this, um, of this financing uh, hub here in Hamburg, given that there was a huge demand for restructuring of debt. And um, from that, uh, um, we, we developed um, into structuring also the, um, the request for, for example, what, is, what I see and what we see is very promising uh, new building orders in, in, in today's markets. Um, the, the range of, um, of products um, we can access um, start with the, our um, exclusive agency we have with uh, German Decker Bank. And I think that Marco Albers, the head of uh, transportation uh, joined one of the um, earlier panels and described this sort of business. So we are we are re representing Decker Bank in 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 the Americas, in Asia Pacific, in the Greek market. Um, it includes what Elias has indicated earlier um, uh, that we are working together with the yeah, traditional alternative lenders. And uh, given our roots or deep roots in in Asia, we are headquartered in Singapore. Um, we we have access to to Taiwanese, um, Korean, um, Chinese, and, and Japanese sources of debt. So this is uh, the scope uh, we cover. And well, maybe it's, it's just 
two two more sentences on on a very um, like like unusual um, financing request we we were just about to uh, to, to close um, is a, a quite small um, financing request for overaged um, small product tankers and the required leverage is 100% but um, nevertheless we are almost there we have identified um, the, the, the potential um, the potential financing party um, who who is able to provide even such quite non generic i would say yeah financing request Okay, perfect. Um, Max, would you like to follow now or close now? Yes, uh, thanks, uh, Clemens, and thanks to the whole Capital Link team for, for inviting us to join this panel. Um, we do have a slightly different approach. Um, Oceanus is a digital platform that uh, essentially connects ship owners with all sorts of financial institutions. So these are banks, alternative debt funds and leasing houses. Um, a typical transaction for us is a small to medium sized ship owner looking to acquire a vessel or looking to refinance an existing vessel um, and is requiring 60, 65% uh, leverage to do so. Um, and uh, he typically comes to us because he's looking for either access to financing because his existing network is not willing to finance him anymore, or he's looking to get a good transparency, good overview of the market and um, finds with us a solution to get exactly that. So yeah, in a nutshell, that's what we're offering and, and what we're doing. Okay, thank you very much. I think that was a very good overview. Um, thank you very much uh, for, for this gentleman. Um, now, turning to, to Hamburg and its, its uh, uh, maybe future role. Um, I think, Cruz, you have opened an office in, in Hamburg. And what was the reason for that? Why did Bocom really come here to Hamburg? And thank you for the question. And uh, a lot of uh, friends and uh, clients ask me the same question. Uh, I think the first one is uh, we have uh, um, a lot of clients in Europe, uh, more than 40% of our business uh, is from Europe. And uh, uh, Hamburg is in the center of Europe and it's very convenient to uh, travel from Hamburg to all over the Europe. And uh, second one is, uh, I think Hamburg is also attractive to a lot of people. So uh, it's quite easy for us to have, to have some partners to join us. And uh, the third one is, uh, Hamburg is still one of the uh, most important shipping center in Europe. And you could find a lot of ship owners, brokers, and lawyers, advisors here. Uh, so it could make your business very easy. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Um, Axel Elias, uh, why should actually Hamburg be attractive as a, as a hub for ship finance? What do you think, what can uh, Hamburg offer? Uh, well, let me start first. I mean, Hamburg basically has a lot of know-how how to arrange quite difficult financings. I mean, Hamburg's history started, of course, with the know-how how to finance uh, vessels through the KG scheme. That, I would say, no longer is that fashionable, even though it still exists to a certain degree, but much smaller volumes. 
But um, as there was, I would say, an 80 billion bad debt problem uh, in Germany, um, and 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 you know a lot of the participants of this panel have basically joined to in, in thoroughly working uh, through those times. Um, you know, there is a lot of experience how to even get um, difficult projects financed, what it requires, what the criteria are. We have had a lot of people traveling from all over the world into Hamburg, looking especially at those um, opportunities, created a lot of relationships. And in so far, there's a lot of uh, qualified people, even though, let's say, the German fleet um, shrank quite significantly. And, and German banks, for sure, employ significantly less people. You know, when you come to Hamburg, you still meet a lot of people with a lot of experience. And I would say that is, is a particular strength now. You know, we've, we've been made a little tough by tough times. Yeah, and then so far there's good grounds. But I would say Hamburg for me, you know, it's, it's part of a network. I mean, yes, we have a lot of net, uh, know-how here. There's other cities, uh, maritime hubs. And, and ultimately for me, it's, it's not about one against the other or Hamburg being better than any other place. It's ultimately about creating a network as to find the best solution. Okay. And Elias, you, uh, I mean, coming from outside, uh, can you add to that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so first of all, I definitely agree with what Axel said. If you, if you think about the European uh, shipping hubs, and we're talking about three or four cities, uh, you know, uh, Hamburg, Athens, London, Oslo, each one has its own merits and its own uh, competitive advantages. If you look at Hamburg, however, there is certainly an argument to be made that it, it, it can be a very strong hub for ship financing. And the reason is um, uh, two, twofold. One is exa exactly as was said earlier, there is a long tradition, homegrown talent and experience in ship financing coming from the fact that, you know, uh, uh, Germany accounted for almost uh, half of all of ship financing, uh, e e even almost a decade ago. So, so, so the talent uh, that, that, that is here is unparalleled. The second reason is obviously uh, Hamburg is very quickly becoming a um, high quality hub for ship management. And um, while the last decade has unfortunately uh, resulted in the shrinking of the ownership ecosystem, if you like, within Germany, what it has done is it has allowed um, the ship management cluster to consolidate and uh, to develop um, third-party management skill set at a very, very high level and, and very high quality, addressing both institutional but also small and medium-sized owners. And this can create tremendous um, uh, you know, origination synergies from a financing perspective. Uh, we, as you probably know, we, all, we also have an office here in Hamburg, and uh, which, uh, which we consider to be um, uh, key to our, uh, to our platform in terms, of, in terms of origination. A very large part of what we've done uh, so, so far with Australis uh, is with uh, German UBOs, uh, even if they're not based in Germany, at the end of the day, they are, they are German. Uh, so we definitely feel very, very strongly about uh, Hamburg's position in this industry. Okay, interesting. And uh, Martin, uh, I mean, London has also always been a very strong um, hub for ship mm -hmm. finance. And do you think that Hamburg will, in a way, benefit from, from Brexit? Um, well, we are benefiting, in a way, uh, more from the exit of the German banks because uh, we have uh, access to very good people that normally a small shop like us would not be able to hire because they might stay in, in a big corporation. 
um, from uh, the perspective Brexit. Uh, I think it will a lot depend on what, what is happening after COVID. Um, so how will the governments react? Uh, will they impose huge taxes? Will they deregulate? Will they regulate? Uh, and then we'll see. It will, it's an open, at the moment it's very open. So uh, we could be based in London, we could be based in Athens, uh, Paris, if, if uh, you like the language. Uh, so there, there are many things you can do. Um, but uh, basically, uh, all, of, all of us have to compete globally. And uh, that means who, who offers the best proposition in terms of quality of service uh, to the guys who actually are the funders um, will win the deal. And that means we are, I think, more in competition with Asia and uh, Oslo uh, and globally rather than just with London. Yeah, interesting. And I mean, it's also a question, what are the most important requirements to, to push Hamburg? And what can we learn from other um, um, yeah, hubs like Norway, New York? Um, Oliver, do you have thoughts on that? Well, yes. Um, first of all, I would like to highlight that actually whether one likes the deep story of Hamburg, um, and, um, and some of you have uh, referred to that already, uh, whether one likes it or not, in, at least it has given lots of um, business opportunities and lots of potential for, for you guys, for us um, to, to, as, as intermediaries, financial advisors. And uh, I think this was one, uh, apart from, yeah, the, the general infrastructure is there um, and there is access to skilled human resources. This was another important factor. And now turning to your question, Clemens, um, you know, this has to be further developed uh, into a more proactive approach of German, German ship owners. So means uh, looking into, into new building, renewable, re renewable, renewal of leads. And uh, therefore, um, this is, I think, the most important step now to, have to, to get this transformation done, yeah, um, basically and fundamentally into a more active, proactive mode than, than just looking back and, and trying to you know, cope uh, with, the, with, the, with the past, uh, restructure that and, and, and find solutions uh, with, the, with the bank or whoever uh, held, held the debt. So basically, um, this, this, is, uh, this has to be developed. Um, whether this is a, like a political issue, I do. I, I'm not a politician uh, for, for, uh, for, for, for good and uh, um, uh, um, to, support, to, pop, to support this cluster. So this is, this is the one thing. The other is, and this is also like a discussion which has been going on for years, there is no real efficient um, capital market yeah, for, for any source, uh, for any kind of, of capital, um, which, which would be eligible and accessible uh, for, for shipping companies here. So actually uh, to develop this, it's a, it's a, it would be a big task, but uh, this is, uh, when, when you compare it to Oslo, for example, in particular, um, yeah, this, is, this is a big disadvantage. Mm -hmm. so and just to agree with what Oliver said, I think, look, both the UK and Germany, if there is one thing they would look back over the last 15 years and look at it as probably a missed opportunity is the development of capital markets for, for shipping, with, which Oslo was very, very good at, 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 uh, at, at building each ca ca capital market. If you look at Singapore, at the, at the US, at the UK, at Oslo, everything has its pros and cons, but you cannot find a more accessible, opportunistic, efficient and quick capital market than, uh, than in uh, uh, Norway. Uh, and this was definitely um, 
uh, missed opportunity for other hubs uh, in Europe. <clears throat> Although I must say, I really doubt whether in Germany you will ever, ever have um, a legal situation that will uh, uh, make the capital raising uh, by capital markets that easy as in Norway. Yeah? We will see. But, but if, if I mean, that's, that, that's a matter of will. If you want yeah. to have the, the ability to raise funds uh, and the politicians want to support it, then we could have that. Yeah, because, we had in Germany these Mittelstandsanleihen, yeah, which were not very successful. Yeah. yeah, but in real estate, but in general, a bit more difficult. Yeah, but but I think um, what we all observe and what we agree on is that there is equity capital or, or like equity-like capital available. Yeah, from uh, from German uh, institutional investors, from family offices, uh, high net worth individuals, which which is which is which is routed in 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 quite intransparent ways. Into into shipping projects, so I, I would say the the, um, uh, the 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 foundation is there, and obviously also there is a there is an opinion and and there is a willingness, but there is no like like coordinated market, yeah, and and this is something which 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 Norway has done really brilliantly. Yeah, I mean yeah. Norway of course has the big advantage, and, and Clemens, you will probably agree that you know. Germany is part of the EU, yeah. So uh, we just can't create a documentation standard on our own. Um, and 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 so far, I must say, Oslo was something that is, you know, very very um, helpful in order to get institutional projects financed. I mean, and and uh, through the capital markets, uh, and that uh, position is there. And I, I doubt that you know that it will be that easily challenged um, by any other location. Um, and so far, uh, but I see, you know, if, if you look to private deals funding um, and um, uh, so non-publicly placed um, uh, listed, listed instruments, and I find that, that um, Germany, London, other, you know, places have actually a lot to offer. And let's not forget uh, the German tonnage tax system is very often criticized, but it's, it's quite tax efficient, even for the manager. Um, few people know that, you know, 4% from the time charter income um, that, the, that the manager basically um, uh, earns is, 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 is free of tax, uh, provided that he just owns a single dime uh, in the asset owning structure and it's, it, it's a German uh, based structure. Um, so um, that is something that is extremely competitive, I find. Um, and so far, I'm not pessimistic about the outlook. It's, um, uh, but, but, you know, the, the public markets, I would say, clearly, if you look at Europe, that's uh, that's, 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 that's Oslo, but for the private markets, you know, there's, there's cities like Hamburg, other places that are quite competitive. Yeah. And um, Cruz, I mean, uh, you as a Chinese leasing house, is actually Germany and, and other countries in Europe, is this the right playground uh, to be? Or how do you see that? Do you have the owners uh, here you are looking for or you need for your structures? Uh... <clears throat> Actually, uh, we have uh, the clients in Europe, uh, maybe in more than 10 countries, and of course, including Germany. I think uh, Germany is really very important to us because uh, we have we have some uh, clients here. We have the uh, some very uh, uh, we have some brokers in very good relationship here, and uh, we also have 
to uh, get some uh, get the help from some uh, German banks. And so yeah, uh, for us, uh, I think yeah, uh, Hamburg. Uh, you, you know, if we choose uh, to set up an office in in Germany, and then Hamburg will be our first choice. And of course, uh, so yeah, uh, we think Germany is uh, the best place for us to set up the office. Okay, very good. And uh, uh, Max, actually, you're offering a new product. How do you see that? Um, is actually Hamburg the right place for you to be? Or yes, it's a, it's a, I think a very good place for us. Um, I mean, we were free to set it up basically everywhere we wanted. Um, I have a Norwegian co-founder, so we could have also started in in, in Oslo. But um, I think on the on the demand side. For alternative debt financing, Hamburg and Germany is um, is a core market and and also will stay a core market. Um, if you compare to Greece, um, I think there's more business to be done for alternative debt funds in, in Hamburg because you have less competitive local banks here than than in the Greek market. Um, on the supply side, um, I think uh, of course there are not so many. Germany-based alternative debt funds um, active in shipping finance. So most of the funds setups are either in the US or in the UK, um, some also in Singapore and Hong Kong. But um, I think if we if we just my thoughts on on Hamburg as a place of business for in the finance uh, shipping finance industry, the biggest bottleneck will be the human capital. So if you it's true there's high degree of know-how uh, at the moment and this is um, of course due to the booming years and all this uh, centralized finance uh, capacity here in Hamburg but if you look uh, 10 15 years uh, further down in terms of age of professionals uh, there's very very little um, coming afterwards because after 10 12 years of crisis of course lots of young people have decided to pursue different uh, different industries and uh, so I feel personally um, that that the shipping industry overall but also the shipping finance industry has to look how can you become more appealing again how can it become attractive uh, for 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 everyone to to work in this industry and I think here Oslo and Athens if I look to Greek uh, friends and, and Norwegian friends there a lot more people in my age uh, who work in, in the shipping industry in the shipping finance industry and and that's a bit uh, it's a bit sad to see that there's not so many young people coming into this industry at this stage so i do hope we can change that uh, max if, if i look at, at axel's team some of the people are very young and very experienced at the same time so i would not bother about that let me add something that um, is an advantage of Hamburg in comparison, for example, to Oslo and London is the cost of uh, having a decent life for, 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 for people is a lot cheaper in Hamburg than it is in Oslo or in, in London, is, in particular London, of course, is extremely expensive. So um, we find it actually quite um, easy to attract good people. Um, you know, at a reasonable cost. Yeah. Also, I mean, we're facing competition, you know, and, and so far cost for us is also an important factor. And we, we, we find it easy actually to, to attract talent and, and people, you know, like to basically also live in Hamburg. 
some we find it actually more difficult to find find people in in, in London because the argument very often goes well you know with the same type of salary um, yeah, my life in London looks a lot worse London is fantastic if you're very very rich yeah but if you start a career you know it's a, it's 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 a difficult place to be and then so far I I, I know I see that uh, I don't share the view that that finding talented people in in Hamburg in the next years uh, will be a challenge. And Elias, uh, what do you think, which role will the German ship finance banks uh, play in the future? Look, uh, obviously there has been a, a seismic shift in, uh, in the balance of German uh, ship financing over the last decade for obvious reasons. Having said that, uh, what is very interesting is that different institutions have taken very, very different direction in terms of their future strategies. You know, you've got, uh, you know, uh, HCOP that obviously is back in business in uh, shipping. We can debate uh, as to what the scale ultimately will be, but they're definitely in, in the business of uh, financing owners. But you also have newer banks. And the best example is Berenberg, uh, where they have been very, very smart and innovative in effectively using other people's money to uh, finance uh, shipping projects. And um, it, it's, uh, it's uh, yeah, it, it's really telling. And I, 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 I think something like that could only uh, happen in a city like, like Hamburg for all the reasons that we've mentioned before. Mm -hmm. And we were now also speaking a lot about um, uh, debt financing. Um, is there actually a general um, or appetite of investors um, to invest uh, more in, in, in form of debt rather than in equity? Is there a certain tendency? Oliver? Well, I, I, would, I would say um, that, that, so we don't, do not see, and maybe this is also uh, based on, on, on our clients uh, and the, 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 the structure of our clients. There is no real like, like generic rule or like a common rule. Um, the requests are, the variety of the requests and the demand is 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 uh, is, is that large uh, that one really cannot classify it. Well, it goes it goes from from rather big scale fleet financings on on second hand vessels, uh, including cement carriers, quite niche assets, to what I I, I described earlier these three smallish uh, shuttle tanker product tanker, yeah, over aged um, where where 100 financing is required. So. Actually, our experience is, and, and I do not want to promise and, and to over exaggerate, but but um, actually, when when you when you when you structure um, the request and, and what what your client demands in the right way, you will you will find you will find a source and you will find a debt provider, um, um, but. <laughs> Uh, you know, well, this is this is uh, the the ever story. Um, you know, every request has its price. Then in the end, so you do not get one hundred percent on on LTV or, or advance rate for LIBOR plus two hundred or three hundred. So all in, you have to factor in an eight and a half. But nevertheless, it has a, it has a, his benefit and its benefit. So actually, I, I do not see I do not see a general or generic direction in, in, in the market. Okay, and from, from, my, from my business, from my business. Okay, and Martin, do you see a certain preference or of your investors? Uh, well, I think um, for an investor who has been through cycles, um, being in the debt position is more comfortable um, because there's there's equity to buffer. 
and uh, it is also a situation where um, uh, you can ride a cycle easier. Uh, so if, if I uh, want to convince someone to be in the 100% finance uh, position uh, and the market takes a 10% dip for whatever stupid reason, um, it's, uh, it's uncomfortable. Uh, so um, from a, a senior lender or from a, a mezzanine perspective, you have um, a lot more patience and you sleep better at night. And um, if you compete well, you still have uh, a good return for the risk that you take. Interesting. And um, also when it comes to um, alternative lenders, um, I mean, in the, in the last shipping crisis, we have seen that uh, German banks were very patient with their, with their um, borrowers. Um, will yeah, these alternative debt providers not be as patient uh, and, and enforce uh, much more quickly, also in the light of um, their limited investment horizon? How, how do you see that? Me as well. Um, I, I think uh, that is uh, um, not really a problem. So um, if you look at if you look at the banks and why they've been patient, uh, some sometimes they've been patient because in shipping you can just ride the cycle and everything is good. But sometimes they've been patient because they didn't have a budget for risk provisions, uh, or there was a regulatory issue, um, or uh, they needed to digest that over time. And uh, that meant that at the end of the day, banks lost much more than necessary. Uh, and they may have been better off taking a quick cut initially. So it depends on the project. Um, if, you, if you've done a project that is um, unlikely to ever recover, uh, you probably made a mistake initially. And uh, uh, most funds that I know try to avoid that. Yeah, yeah. And Axel, yeah. have you done that or Elias? Well, I would say the spectrum is broad. Um, it, you know, there's there's different funds uh, applying different strategies. Some, you know, if you know them well, you know, they, they, they have a loan to own strategy. Um, you know, that might probably not the, the, the first choice of a, of a ship owner. This is, I think it's, it's uh, helpful to really get familiar, not only with the brand name, but um, also to understand a little what's the history, you know, what, are the, 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 the individuals, what is their background? Are they knowledgeful? You know, do they have a view on the market? Can they hold on? Um, and and, and are they, do they actually have a lending strategy and like to be lenders or is loan to own basically just uh, another way how to acquire assets? And in so far, I would say, um, the, you know, there's, there's, there's funds that we've, uh, you know, seen being very supportive, even especially over the last nine months, you know, we, in, from, from, from March to, to, I would say, June in certain industry where the severe cash flow crisis, and I must say a lot of deals that we had also refinanced uh, with, with, with a variety of, of, of credit funds. Um, you know, most of them uh, actually uh, behaved very, very uh, reasonable. Um, and, and so far it's, but that is not too different with, with, with banks these days. I mean, let's keep in mind 2009 was a time when you had such a big debt problem, you just could not solve it all at once in, in pure volume, you know, who would have been the takers on the other side, or you would have completely crashed the market um, and, and crashed the balance sheets of the banks. 
But if you look today at the banks, there's also banks that, you know, take a calm approach if problems occur, and there's, there's banks that take a hectic approach. So I would not say it's per se a differentiating factor of alternative capital to be less patient. And that besides includes also Chinese leasing companies. You know, some of the leasing companies have also been good at basically uh, being supportive in crisis, crises and, and others haven't. So it, the spectrum is broad. Yeah. I think if I if I can add um, the, the the basic situation as of today is, is quite different to to 10 or 15 years ago. Uh, banks tend to lend not on a quite uh, counter cyclical principle, but uh, but you know um, stick to their advance rates irrespective of where the market stood, asset prices, uh, employment levels, and so on. And this has entirely changed. So there is much more room and leeway for current alternative lenders, funds, and so on. Why, why they have um, um, uh, into, and had introduced and had applied counter-cyclical uh, lending principles um, to what I would describe as to, to act and react uh, supportive, uh, but, but demanding, yeah? So actually, but, but in, a, in a fair manner. Um, so so um, this, is, this is how, how I, would, I would describe the, the current status. Yeah. Look, just to go back to what Martin was saying at the, at the beginning, and obviously uh, everything that, that was said about this is correct. Um, there are, there is a, we need to remember that alternative financing on average comes in at 10 to 20% higher LTV than, one, than what a bank would do. That requires a slightly different approach to how you see the relationship between borrower and lender. A, a traditional bank would call their borrowers their clients. Alternative uh, financiers, and certainly us, would consider to, uh, them to be our partners in this project. And ultimately, what we want is repeat business with borrowers who are good and are growing their, their, their fleets. So it, invariably, there is um, a, a, an alignment of interest to make projects work. That's the first thing. The second thing, it doesn't apply to everybody, but it certainly applies to us. Um, you know, we happen to have come first from the equity side of the business and then grew into the debt side. That means that our credit underwriting team is actually physically on the same floor, sitting next to our commercial operations and technical teams. Anything that comes up, and it's a very, very quick and knowledgeable uh, uh, discussion, which means that there is never any panic. Uh, and we can always have a very, very uh, fast and speedy uh, resolution to uh, things based on their commercial uh, merits. Again, I would refer to things that uh, some members of this panel know already because they were, they were involved. As long as uh, you know, the border and the, and the lender see eye to eye, uh, it's not about patience. It's it's about uh, commercial merit and uh, economic win-win, if you if you if you like. And the proof to 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 the pudding uh, again, I'm sure that Martin will will uh, will confirm that is 2020. 2020 was a very very pe uh, peculiar year. Uh, you know, it was a year of two halves, and it created tremendous amount of volatility in certain uh, portfolios uh, for alternative lenders. And again, by and large, I suspect, and again, it's definitely the case for us, we probably exited the year in a, a better credit profile than what we entered it. Uh, because again, you know, if you ask us what's the most important thing is pick the right, the right partner for, for, for each of these, of these projects. And, uh, and we were lucky enough to have done it. So, um, uh, so you know, same, same on our side, Elias. The, the, yeah. the portfolio behaved 
exceptionally well. And I know most of my clients much better now than I did a year ago. And I, I feel that it's real relationships. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting that you're also, of course, uh, uh, referring to the year 2020. And yeah, then also when it comes to COVID, um, Max uh, did in a way COVID also uh, pushed your business because you're more digitalized, you have more digitalization. Um, yes, I think like with all other digital um, marketplaces and, and, and business models, um, I think it also helped us a lot, the whole value proposition towards uh, ship owners to get you know, access to 40 financial institutions on our platform by uploading a project within 20 minutes. Um, I think this is much more valuable today than when you were able to fly around the world, propose your project, uh, meet at conferences, uh, etc. So, so on that side, we saw a good uh, boost of, of deal flow. Um, on the other side, but I think it's the same for the financial institutions, sourcing projects has become also harder due to the restrictions. So I think also for, for them, it's, it's, a, it's actually quite helpful to have access to deal flow in an efficient way. Um, so overall, I think the whole value proposition of us has increased um, over, over 2020 and the travel restrictions and, and the lockdown. Mm, okay, thank you very much. And um, also, um, I would assume that these alternative lenders have not the investment volumes or the balance sheets of the traditional ship finance lenders, like, like HSH, HSH with uh, 30 billion US dollars and more. Um, question is now, will we see a fragmentization of the market? So many, many small uh, uh, debt providers or alternative lenders. Is that something we will see, Oliver? In, in, in one of our mandates um, and, and one of the participants here turned out then to be um, uh, the, um, uh, the financing party to that, we, we initially um, reached out to more than 40, and we documented it to, 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 our, to our client, to more than 40, um, on, on a globally 40 uh, potential um, uh, debt providers. So actually, When you talk about, about fragmentation, um, it, it sounds like it, it has a negative touch. And, and I, I just wanted to, to draw a positive picture. Um, you know, um, there, there, is, there is a magnitude of, of, uh, of sources. Not all are suitable. Um, and it, it quickly boiled down then to four and then to three and then in, in the end to, to one. Um, in the, um, yeah, a visual party was, was extremely supportive and, and knowledgeable and what have you. And, and, and had this relationship approach in mind, which the client liked. But uh, uh, fragmentation is not negative. It's, uh, it's, it's rather good, um, um, in particular for, for businesses like ours, right? <laughs> so actually, um, yeah, there is fragmentation. And, and, and I think there's uh, still more fragmentation to come, um, um, which, which, is, which is quite, um, um, uh, I, I would say, a positive, more, or less, more or less a positive impact. Okay. If I may add, I don't see any shortage in ship financing volume on, on, on the debt and on the leasing side, even comparing it to the past. Uh, I mean, if effectively, the world fleet is continuing to grow and the capital is there. Um, I share the view that um, basically it's risk-adjusted pricing these days. And that means that on a variety of projects, you can immediately boil down the number of potential financing resources you know, to, I would say, 10 institutions. Um, that are competitive in that space only. 
Um, and and but if you change the parameter of the project, yeah, and and for suddenly you say, look, I want. 70% non-recourse financing, it's a totally different group that becomes competitive. And that is that is different. So I would say the volume is still there, um, but there's a variety of choices and there's much more risk-adjusted pricing than, than 15 years ago. No doubt about that. Yeah. Just to just to add on that uh, that one, I think the only there's there's really no lack of, of, of capital. There's only lack of capital for the small ticket transactions. And this is this is the only sort of place where I would see high fragmentation uh, growing and hopefully there will be no, more players uh, coming up that focus on the smaller ticket uh, transactions. The, the only way. people where we found that there is a lack of capital are people that have not a good standing. So if they are small, if they are big, there is someone who is willing to finance their project. But if they are having a history of fraud, a history of uh, bad behavior, uh, then uh, there is no price for most people that they will touch them. Yeah, if I if I may, um, I, I I don't think that that was what was implied, um, uh, and I will agree that uh, uh, there is no uh, shortage of capital generally in the world, and therefore it has also um, uh, come into ship, ship, ship financing. What I would counter a bit, and I think uh, for both uh, Martin and me, it would be a bit of a disservice if we didn't mention it, is that actually setting up a platform which can be exactly as was mentioned earlier, um, reliable, quick, and uh, flexible in what it can provide to, to the ship owner is no mean feat. And there is a very, very long okay. list of institutions that have tried to set up over the last mm. five, six years alternative financing platforms that didn't scale up. And they didn't scale up for, 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 for these reasons. Um, so ju just something to keep at the back of our minds. <clears throat> Thank you very much, Elias. One last question now to uh, Cruz. Um, where do you see uh, Hamburg uh, in five years? Will other Chinese leasing houses follow? Yes, uh, actually, uh, some of my colleagues from other Chinese uh, leasing companies uh, has asked me, uh, what's our feeling to Hamburg? And uh, I tell them it's very good. And uh, uh, I believe at least two of them uh, are trying to find a location in Europe. And uh, Hamburg, I think, is on their top list. Very good. Thank you very much. So thank you to all the panelists. I think that was a very interesting discussion. Thank you also to CapitalLink, to Nicholas for making this possible. Thank you. Thank you very much, Clemens. Thank you for sponsoring it. Thank you to everybody, especially to Martin and especially to Axel, who has been tremendously helpful putting this together. And uh, to Christoph Topfer, of course, and uh, the group. Thank you to everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.